0: Everybody. welcome to Dev Party. Dev Party is our mini-episodes between our full, giant-length episodes. <laughs> and these are actually <laughs> kind of becoming long, too, so I don't know what I'm talking about. Are they mini? I don't know. Anyways, Eric and I call each other up, Hi. and we get together and develop some film, and today we are doing the same film and the same film developer, so... Take it
1: yeah, away, Eric. <laughs> we are twinning today. Isn't that what you were, what you say? I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> well, we are doing, on the suggestion of one of the listeners, and I apologize for not remembering who this was. We got a lot of suggestions. We put it out there a few weeks ago. Got a lot of suggestions. And one of them that seemed really intriguing was Kodak XX, which is a motion picture film in black and white. We'll get to more of that in a bit. And the developer known as FA1027, which is, we'll tell you a lot about that in, in a minute here. I was excited when I learned that it was CineStill was doing a good thing, and they were, they were releasing Kodak X in 120. Yeah. Normally, it, I've shot it before in 35, and that's pretty much all it's been available in, 35 and like 16 and 8 maybe. Mm-hmm. But having it in 120 was amazing. Absolutely. Very happy about it. So I'm stoked to develop this. I assume that you are stoked as well. I am. Okay, good.
0: <laughs> I am stoked. Um, <laughs> I am, I am
1: quite, I'm quite stoked. One of the features of, of this episode is going to be the instructions that come with the developer.
0: Yeah, if you guys don't know uh, photographer's formulary, we get a lot of kind of our odd developers from them. Usually their instructions are a little odd, but this one might take the cake.
1: I think so. It starts off uh, pretty normally. Why don't we start it off, why don't you read the first paragraph of the instruction and then we'll get to developing.
0: Okay, sounds good. Come cool. on. A photochemist told me he could produce a liquid concentrate film developer for fine art photo supply, which would produce the kinds of negatives with Ilford HP5 film I wanted that is, negatives more like Tri-X in HC-110 negatives, clear and brilliant, with a very distinct tonal separation in the high values. Unlike Tri-X in HC-110 however, I wanted the mid and lower tones bright and vibrant, not to be plunged into dark murkiness. That familiar, bothersome quality of the tri hc 110 combination. He created the developer formula and I was astonished after using it. The developer is called fa1027.
1: What stands out here is that these instructions are written in the first person, like a blog post or a diary entry, and (laughs) it does devolve into everything a blog post or diary entry devolves into. I can't wait to get to it, but why don't we start developing? So Okay,
0: well I've been pre soaking, have you?
1: I've been pre soaking, yes. I okay. am I am certainly pre soaking.
0: Okay.
1: Ah we got ten minutes and let's dump out the pre soak and dump in the dev. All right. All right, this is very exciting.
0: Yeah. I hear a steel reel huh. on your side.
1: Oh yeah. All right, are you ready? Yep. Let's do it. And this has regular agitation. It's ten minutes, so it's you know four inversions every minute. Gotcha. Pretty typical developer. It it works as a one shot, which is you know you add a little bit to a bunch of water, and mm-hmm. it also works as a sort of like a reusable one that you can do six six different rolls on.
0: Yeah, I have both, but I decided to go with a one shot this time.
1: Yeah, I did two because that was the only instructions I had for double X. <laughs> so, so that
0: was 500 milliliters, or actually 26 milliliters of F81027 liquid um, formula. Yeah. And then you fill it up to 500 after that.
1: Yeah. Yep. That's one plus nineteen. If you're if you're paying attention to the maths, I, I know that you are. So this uh, this developer is what's known as a high acuance developer, and I am absolutely pronouncing that word wrong. It gives the impression of fine grain without being fine grain, and what all of that means is I'm not really sure. I don't understand what. I know what fine grain looks like, but I don't know if I could tell the difference between the two, put it that way.
0: Mm, I think it's just less chunky. It, it's thinner, the, the grain is not so... Uh, it's a little softer, probably.
1: I guess, I don't know, there's a hard edge to all of the grain, In, in okay. the I guess. I'm not really noticing a lot of that, which kind of brings us to a point that we, we bring up a lot, is that a lot of the differences in the developers that aren't necessarily like immediately obvious are placebo.
0: Probably. That,
1: that does happen.
0: Yeah, kind of like how you yeah. how you temper your water. Kind of how placebo. I temper,
1: <laughs> how I temper my water, oh, I don't know. He, well,
0: we were just having a conversation about this and he was like, I gotta get my stop bath like to the right temperature. I'm using water as my stop bath and I just use water. I don't like, my, I don't. I mean, obviously, it's coming out of my tap. If I felt it was too cold or hot, I would adjust it and change it. But for the most part, my stop bath is just water.
1: Yeah, and I'm not saying it's that uh, doing it at the regular temperature. Like, I try to do it at 68 degrees, Mm -hmm. both of them. Or at least I I try to match. I try to match my stop bath temperature to the developer temperature Mm -hmm. uh, within a few degrees because I don't want reticulation. And so I'm not, like, a real, like, stickler about it. But Mm -hmm. I do use a thermometer,
0: yeah, I'm gonna actually check mine just because I'm very curious now on what I got. Does
1: that get in your head?
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Rent free.
1: <laughs> Throughout the instructions, he compares FA1027 to a few other developers. And this is kind of where I don't disagree with what he's saying Okay. at all, but I think it's more, <laughs> it's more how he says it. That's really the star of the show here but before we get to that i'm going to read to you what he noticed about this developer so he says fa1027 produces a very fine negative with ilford hp5 film for example there is a distinct high value separation in tone in zones six and above and zones five and below there is just as impressive a separation without dumping all of those values into murky darkness essentially the highs are separated really well, and the lows are separated really well. The chemist responsible for the FA1027 formula tells me that two restrainers, potassium bromide, and I can't pronounce this word very well either, uh, benzotriazole, benz, benz are responsible for this phenomenon. The one, af- the one affects the upper end of the, right of the film curve, the high values, the lighter stuff, and the other affects the low end, the low values, or the darker stuff. I am told the same effect will obtain with all films, fabricated grain emulsions, Delta and T-Max, as well as a random grain emulsions, like FP4, HP5, Triac, etc. In addition to the two restrainers, the precise balance between phenidone and hydroquinone in the developer contributes its splendid performance with all black and white films. <laughs> okay so, yeah I guess so uh, I did actually if, if, if you want to test a developer mm-hmm. I think testing it with Pan 100 is a really good thing to do because Pan 100 looks like shit in so many things
0: mm-hmm. true
1: I love it in this if you've been following me on Instagram any Pan 100 picture which is most of them to be fair ha- lately has been developed in this and okay. I absolutely love it. Hmm. Because it does... From a pan. if you're developing, like, Rodanol, it gets really murky in mm-hmm. the dark. But mine it's very separated at the bottom, at the bottom end of things. I love it. Well, you've used it a little bit too, haven't you?
0: I have. I don't really have an opinion on it.
1: Okay. That's fair. And it's probably, probably right.
0: It doesn't really seem... I guess... I just have like particular things I really like. I really like PMK. I really like HC-110. I, I really like Rodinal. I don't really care for anything else. Um, the WD-2D I want to give another chance to because I do think there, wa- there was more detail in the midtones. Um, yeah. And the dark, you know, just like in the darker spots it just seemed like there was more detail pulled out of the negatives. I just not really keen on having distilled water at my house. So
1: <laughs> wait, wait you I don't like don't... having distilled water, not in my house. Why? You know, I just,
0: Cause I have, I have like a little filter on my kitchen sink and I, I don't like go out and buy water. I don't know. It's weird.
1: No, I, I, I get that. I get that. Have you tried WD2D with just filtered water? Yes. Okay, and uh, you get those little speckles?
0: Yeah, I get, like, white specks all over the okay. negatives. Yeah. It, it's, eh, it's not worth it. it no,
1: I, I think we, we did them all together, a bunch of different developers together, and raced them. Mm-hmm. And we found WD2D was, a, was really similar in grain to, was HC-110? Mm, it was not. something that we normally use. It was very similar to something.
0: Hmm. I'm not sure. I'd have to go back on that one.
1: Yeah, but again, but it wasn't,
0: I yeah. just haven't had, like, a magic roll yet. Okay. Um, but that being said, did I develop my TMAX in 1027 from Lone Pine?
1: <laughs> oh, the, yeah. Did you?
0: I don't remember.
1: Okay. Well. Because
0: if I did, then... Maybe I changed my mind right now. I don't know.
1: <laughs> okay, so everything hinges on on the developer you use for literally the best pictures you've ever taken, and that's understandable.
0: Oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> I, again, it's I don't have opinion on this because I haven't sh- shot and developed with this developer enough to really like have an opinion on it.
1: Yeah, I get it. And that's I okay. get it. That's that is okay. So, we've got two minutes left on the developer, and I would like to read you his opinion part. on... Well, he talks shit about D76, and I know I have before as well, but not not to this extent. So, I will begin. This is a dramatic reading, I suppose. Why is it? Now, this is, remember, in the instructions on how to use this developer. Okay. Why is it that with all of the resources at their disposal, large photo manufacturers have not produced a formula like FA1027? I believe there are several reasons. One is that there are research chemists employed by photo companies who are happy to tow the corporate line and to not make any waves. Another is that there are, or were, many talented chemists who have developed wonderful formulae like FA1027, but who were stonewalled by upper management, Being told such developers however well would cut into the sales of D-76 and weaken its market appeal. Still another reason is that many chemists, knowing the effects that developers have on film emulsions are not very keen on the finer differences between, for example, distinct local contrast in high developers and high value compensation, high value compression in an aesthetic sense. In other words, tone blind. It's a slide rule mentality. They see the cold facts in a laboratory context, but don't understand its importance in the same way a sensitive photographer would. If D76 is such a lousy performer, why does Kodak keep telling us it's the best-selling developer in the world? For the same reasons that the best-selling car in the US isn't the best quality one. The best-selling beer is just piss. And for the same reason the best-selling exposure meter is the worst performer in terms of quality. And come to that, for the same reason most photography we see today is just plain bad, and why popular music today is abominable, and a mass audience is always a poor audience. Best-selling is the least important criterion to trust. Now dump that fucking developer and put the stuff <laughs> in. So. <laughs>
0: Are you okay over there?
1: Oh, I got to get off somebody's lawn. It's I love it. It's very passionate. I'm going to s- very passionate, perhaps the most intensely written instructions to film developing in the history of Film developing instructions.
0: It makes me want to read instructions again.
1: <laughs> Look, he, I'm not sure who he is. I'm not sure who wrote these instructions. He didn't sign this, which is kind of surprising. He
0: should, he should have. <laughs>
1: he should have. I don't know who wrote, wrote this, but I don't disagree with pretty much most of what he's saying. I think, you know, the music thing is a little get off my lawn, but whatever. i I love this developer. I love it, especially with, with FOMO 100 to the point where I don't develop FOMO 100 in anything but this.
0: Mm-hmm. I love it. Didn't you have a problem finding it?
1: Well, right now, Formulary photographer's formulary is out of it. They're out of <laughs> stock of it, as of this recording. Now, it may be in stock. Um, now, when you're listening to this, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know your life. But it is out of stock at the time of this recording. But there are places that still have it. I got, I got, some, I got two, two bottles of it from Blue Moon in Portland. Oh, okay. But Thanks, not a lot of people stock formulary. So keep that in mind. Okay. <sighs> is there anything else before we start fixing here? That we need uh, well, to say about this developer?
0: I don't know, I guess. I, I will look, be looking forward to the futures and see what we both got. Or actually, yeah. what did we get? What did you shoot? You
1: know, I have one or two. <laughs> I have two rolls of this stuff, and I'm adding Fixer right now, so mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't look at the label. I always label my film <laughs> with mm-hmm. what's on it. Um, let's see. What do I have? Okay, starting the timer. Um, Devil's Pass. I didn't realize I was doing that. I kind of think I meant to do something else. But here we go. Devil's Pass. Nice. I think I may have talked about it before on this podcast. So, how about you?
0: Uh, a roll out of my Pentax 645. Okay. In in the water yesterday. Just first thing in the morning. Not really any... I don't know. (sighs) Not really (laughs) anything going on, honestly. Okay. Uh, But I did... I did enjoy um, just doing a regular 120 roll in the Pentax because it just made me realize how, how much I love 220 in my Pentax. Sixteen oh, really? frames in the water for like for putting your camera in a water housing, walking down to the beach, and like getting in the ocean, all that stuff is a lot.
1: Yeah. For yeah, sixteen
0: frames. Yeah,
1: I can see that. I can see that well why don't we talk about the film a little bit um not much to to really say about it it's it's motion right now it is the only black and white uh cinema film Mm -hmm. developed by kodak one of the the only one that kodak has left except for like they have a black and white print film but that's not for in-camera use uh so yeah it was developed in 1959 i think so it's been on the market or on It's been in in cameras since 1959. It doesn't mean that every black and white film shot from 1959 to now was on this film. I mean, Plus X existed for a really long time. They discontinued that in 2011. Uh, But films like Raging Bull, Clerks, which was on 16, Psycho, which was 35, and The Lighthouse, which I think was 16. We're all shot on double X,
0: and Lighthouse is a newer uh, film.
1: Yeah, Lighthouse was from what? Last year? Two years ago? Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Really. If y'all haven't seen it, really good movie.
0: Fucking weird,
1: but mm-hmm. yeah, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> but worth it.
0: Yeah.
1: So, since we're fixing, we should probably answer the answering machine question from last episode.
0: Oh yeah let's
1: do that yes and remind us again what was the question
0: uh the question was what photography fads are you not doing anymore or basically something like that
1: (laughs) something like that something very close to that anyway how about you
0: me first not you i can go first yeah you go first
1: okay okay well mine i i have never been like a big fan of fads, I guess, so I've kind of, I always I always see them as a little suspect. But yeah. you can't help but fall into them sometimes, and that's okay. That's completely okay. So when I first started shooting film again, it was at the height of the Instagram borders. You know, you could add, like, fake film borders on your photos. And because I had never really shot 120 before, I was like, well, that's pretty cool. I mean, not doing it... Digitally, but like doing it for reals, you know? I was like, well, that's, that's pretty cool. And so my first many roles in the Holga were that. Like, Portra, it was, it was Portra 400 with the borders. Mm-hmm. When I started shooting uh, expired color, expired chrome from like the 90s, I'd leave the borders on because it was sort of like a hey, this, you know, this film still works? Which bit me in the ass because then everybody started shooting expired slide film, and now we don't have it anymore. <laughs> I should have shut up. Obviously, they didn't do it because of me, but I added to that. Nah, that's mm-hmm. a bummer. I, I, so that was it.
0: But mm-hmm. I... Okay. You still put yes. borders in your picture, so what do you mean? It's I, they're part? very
1: trimmed borders. They're very petite and mm-hmm. ladylike borders, yes.
0: I see. So just, a, just enough to show that you did not crop the image.
1: I do... Yeah, I do like... And this comes from looking at photos as a kid, like looking at like, the archival photos and seeing like, the full frame, the full image, the that, that are usually cropped out. They always really made me happy you know, mm-hmm. to see the full image. And so I do compose completely for the frame. I still do that. I don't know if I can get away from doing that. I like it. I just enjoy it. It's no, a no. limitation that I put on myself. I
0: 100% agree. I kind of think it's a little bit of a... And not in a negative way, but like a purist type thing as far as like film goes. Um, Maybe, yeah. I don't really like to, to crop. I, I, I do like to show the borders. And it was a little frustrating when those filters came out with like the, they're still on there, like the fake film filters. It's a little yeah. frustrating. If you look at ads, honestly, from this past like couple years too, there's been a lot of digital photography kind of trying to manipulate film which that's fine but i yeah. just want it to be real <laughs> i guess i don't know
1: Pe- people get like so cranky about it like like certain certain photography blogs That deal with different emulsions get really, really cranky about when when people do that, and like kind of freak out.
0: Everything, honestly, they do. And maybe we get cranky too. I don't even know.
1: I don't know, but I think Uh, it's a weird thing to like get (laughs) cranky. So it's a weird thing to get so bent out of shape about. I don't. It doesn't affect me at all. I don't care. But I do like seeing borders on actual film show film photos. Um, I didn't. When we first started talking, one of our maybe the. First conversation we had.
0: Yeah, I think I commented on your story or something or whatever. Yeah. But I said, "Yeah, nice borders, hey Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, fuck you," I guess.
0: Yeah, like you took it as a bad thing.
1: Well, I thought you—I thought you were criticizing the size of your borders. <laughs> oh, that they exist at all? Because that was no. There were there. It was around that time that people were really. Like, for some reason, down on it. I see. And I had gotten comments before. about like, why do you put the borders in? That kind of stuff. Mm. Which, I don't know.
0: So it wasn't the size of your... Your your borders were an average size. It's not like they were, you know, too big or too small.
1: Uh, so, how about you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry. Um... There is plenty of things that I could probably say. uh, But I'm going to just stick with a very simple one. And that is finding old, cheap cameras and making them work.
1: Wait, that was a trend? I guess it was kind of a trend.
0: I mean, I would think so. I kind of... Yeah. It it was really the... my, My, like, resurgence into film, like, was finding a camera... And kind of going like, gosh, like, why don't I shoot film anymore? This is, I I can do all this. I remember how to do all of this. And then I ended up finding all these like really amazing cameras that I remember being very expensive for very cheap. And I was like, this rules. So I kind of went into a little bit of a frenzy and was collecting (laughs) cameras and finding them for super cheap. And then, you know, obviously, things have changed and there are a lot more now and I've gotten rid of most of them but I still have like a bunch of cameras and I've just decided that I don't do that anymore and I can go into a thrift store and I can see a really awesome camera and I can leave it on the fucking shelf and for somebody else you know yeah (laughs) not buy it up and try to sell it on Etsy for $300 you know when you
1: don't do that no oh man (laughs) that wouldn't be very awesome at all It would not,
0: but again, it's like, I get it. Some people don't like have the opportunity to find really cheap finds. Um, Yeah. Again, I I have like a, uh, I have feelings (laughs) about reselling. (laughs) I'd rather, I'd rather just, just trade. I'd rather trade or give it to someone that really needs it. You know, Marley's friends are all kind of like doing little film things and I let them use cameras all the time and give them film. I, I'm all for sharing. So I, I agree. I, I guess I guess for the most part, I'm just done with finding those little gems and kind of just letting letting them live there for someone else to experience it.
1: Are we getting too old for this shit?
0: <laughs> I just think I need to like focus on what I really want to shoot, and I think for the most part, that's water, medium format, large format. And maybe candid shots on 35 millimeter randomly once in a while. I just want to simplify my photography a little bit more. I don't think it'll ever happen, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's worth a try. Well, I know most people is. listening to this completely understand what I'm saying,
1: and they're like, "Oh, yup. I think so." <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's it. That's our question. That's uh, our answers to the question. Why don't we take a break while you wash up? Sounds good. This Halloween, capture your ghosts and goblins on genuine Kodak film from Thrifty. Whether it's print, slide, or movie film, Kodak is the choice of professionals. Thrifty carries a full line of Kodak film, including C126 24 exposure, C110 and C135 24 exposure in regular and high speed print film, KR135 36 exposure slide film, and Super 8 movie film. Remember, the sharper you want your memories, the more you need Kodak Film and Thrifty. And we're back. We have just finished up a little bit of washing. I'm doing my safety rinse.
0: Me too, I guess. Safe to enough.
1: You? Safe enough. I My safety rinse again is filtered water with a few drops of photo flow in it because my water is pretty hard here and I get like crunchies on it. So mm. no crunchies for me, please. I gotcha. Yeah, so let's pull out the film. Are you, are you ready? Do you have negatives?
0: I haven't looked yet, I'm ready.
1: Okay, I'm gonna pull mine out then. Okay. And I, I have negatives. I got some light leaks on the sides, but that's pretty normal. Oh, huh. This was taken. Oh! Okay. This was taken with. It was the only role I've shot this year with Mamiya645. Uh,
0: oh.
1: And I did this at Devil's Pass because I wanted it to look very cinematic. So I uh-huh. used a cinema film to achieve that. Uh. And, well, we will find out in future if I, if I was successful. <laughs> How about you? What?
0: I. I got. I got images, you guys. I got negatives. I see them. They look pretty good. Nice. I'm pretty excited about it. Um, Looks like they're um, good tones. I'm excited to scan them. Uh, It definitely looks a lot better than maybe what it actually was in the water and it always it always, <laughs> always kind of seems like that honestly it can be quite boring That's- but you can make a boring day just look absolutely gorgeous because swimming in the That's- water is amazing so yeah I'm, I'm i'm very excited to see these scans let's let's go for it let's let's jump into the future
1: jump into the future okay let's do it
0: and here we are in the future uh, our technology is not that great so it's just later this is- same afternoon.
1: Oh, I think it's okay.
0: <laughs> so you go first. Tell us your results. You scan them in. How do they look?
1: Well, okay. It was one of those days where the sun was just like right on top of you and there were really no clouds. So I got pretty boring shadow shots and I was really hoping to get there in the morning, like really early. And that didn't work out because of the roads in Oh, I forget the name of the national grassland that this is in, but it's just north of, or well, it's kind of between the two Theodore Roosevelt National Parks. There's two of them, so it's in between those. Okay. Um, and so it, the the shadows are there, but they're not incredibly interesting. I think this might be an evening place. Hmm. Um, I do hope to go back. So anyway, this place is called Devil's Pass, and it's a tiny little... Path used to be a wagon road that's in the Badlands of North Dakota, not South Dakota.
0: That was a wagon road up there?
1: That was a wagon. Well, it was a jeep road until not that long ago. You probably couldn't. Yeah, it's super sketchy. You probably couldn't get a jeep across it now. You could, you could, uh, yeah, get like a dirt bike or something, no problem. But anything else, yeah, pretty sketchy. So I've got four pictures. The first one is. I don't remember where, I don't remember taking this one at all, but it's like a tunnel of, of trees. And I think this might be on the way to, because to get to the Devil's Pass, you have to park and then walk like a quarter mile. And I think this is, might be along the way, though. I don't really remember that. Yeah, there are kind of two ways to doesn't
0: just simply walk
1: into Devil's Pass. I mean, I did. I just don't simply remember it. <laughs> So that one's nice. What do you think of that?
0: Uh, That was my favorite one, actually. I think it was just really dark and fun. It stood out out of all the rest of your shots. I think just because there is no sky, really. There's a tiny spot of sky, and that's so unusual for you.
1: Yeah, that was nice. When I got there, the sky was cloudless and you can see as it went on, the clouds built a little bit. So if I had been there for maybe a few more hours, I would have had some really nice clouds, but I wasn't. So I spent yeah. about an hour and a half, maybe two hours there shooting, mm-hmm. mostly four by five and things like that. Um, yeah, I don't hate the photos. I'm gonna share the ones that, you know, four of them from this. They're all kind of samey because they were all taken in the same place. It's a the little
0: bit of vignetting in your top corner or your actually all your four corners look like you have vignetting. Yeah, I think
1: I think that was for a couple of reasons. One, it's a 45 millimeter lens on a 120, so it's really wide. Okay. And it's it. 250 speed film. And it's bright sunlight. So I had to, you know, shoot it like F twenty two maybe.
0: I see. That so, makes
1: sense. Yeah. And so I think that might be part of it. I'm not a I don't hate it. It does look a little wonky here and there, but yeah, I, I don't hate it. I was going, oh, this is the only time I've used the Mamiya 645 this entire year. And it's shot one roll through it. And I meant specifically to shoot it here with double X film. That was my mm-hmm. plan. So this was an all intentional thing. And now I'm just like, eh, fuck it, whatever. So I wanted like a cinematic quality to it. And I don't think I achieved that. And I think that's mostly due to lighting obviously not due to the film. It's cinema film. So if I was going to get it with any of the film, it would be this. So I don't know. I don't hate it, but I kind of see it as a failure, sort of. Um, Not a horrible failure. It's not a crash and burn. I don't need people to comfort me and tell me they're really good pictures. Um, They're not bad, but I'm not, I don't know what I was going for. And I, maybe the last photo more along those lines, where, every, where it's really a little lower to the ground. And again, it was the first time I was shooting this camera in a, in a long time. And so I wasn't very comfortable. My Mami-ish, my, my RB67 shots, I like a lot more. And uh, my Graflex shots, I like a lot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, not very cinematic, unlike yours. Oh, whatever. Your pictures are very cinematic.
0: <laughs> I guess, um, again, uh, Los Angeles, sunny day, no clouds in the sky. Uh, it was the sun was coming up. So it's probably around seven o'clock in the morning and um, just not a lot going on as far as sky stuff. But I do like the pictures. They came out really nice. I wish they would make it in 220 for me. That would make me much happier. <laughs> um, I think that. With days like this where it is a little less critical, I should be shooting um, more manuals in the water. I have the option to adjust my f-stop, and sometimes I leave it just like at f8 or f11 or whatever and change the speed. But I think this day I should have been spending a little bit more time kind of figuring out what I like with this film in the water I got several different types of tones in all directions and I just don't think I have it really figured out yet 200 I'm not really used to shooting 200 it's kind of a weird speed honestly um I just Need to be more comfortable with it. I'm so used to 100. 100's like such my base and 200's really not that much like far behind it. So I I shouldn't really be having any issues. I should be able to like take a roll of this out and shoot it in all different settings and speeds without any issues.
1: On your Pentax, which is what you shot these with, uh, do you have an ability to put filters on it? Mm-hmm. Was there a yellow filter on this? There was not. Okay. I wish there good. was. Oh, really? Because I mean, I think yours look a lot better without it. Um, well, they look a lot better. They look, look good. Um, and I don't know if a yellow filter would add anything to that. Mine were all with a yellow filter. And hmm, I may, I'm wondering if I should have done it without looking at yours now. Hmm. Um, one thing I do notice on both of ours is that we have air bells. Or bubbles. Yeah, yeah. We What's up with that? Well, not think,
0: agitating good enough.
1: I think. Well, we're not. We're not knocking it on the counter during dev party. I think that. I think that's what it is. Yeah, yeah I I'm not to, trying to be
0: loud and obnoxious.
1: I think we just need to do it.
0: I need to be more loud and obnoxious. Need, no yeah, problem. Yeah, you do.
1: You know, you're not so loud and obnoxious anymore. What's up with that?
0: <laughs> I don't know. Uh, also, the second picture has a very dark line. And that's odd. I don't understand how that one, that happened.
1: That's an air bubble. It's just a long one. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's terrible.
1: It is terrible. But what can you do? I mean, <sighs> I guess you could knock it on the counter.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right after the Be initial louder.
1: agitation, you do that 30 seconds or whatever, hit it on the counter a few times. This is, you obviously know this. This is for everybody who, who doesn't know this, I guess. I've heard, um, I read a review recently of us, of Dev Party. And it wasn't like on iTunes or anything. It was, I think, on Instagram. And we're, well, the Dev Party is somehow inspiring people to develop film for the first time and giving them the confidence to do so. And I think that's really cool. I love it. Yeah, Uh, but again, a lot of times it is do as we say, not as we do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Well, I, I think just like with any any sort of trade or art. Um, we make our, we make our own rules. We decide how hard we want to make things. And um, you can talk to somebody at a camera you know, shop and they'll tell you how extremely hard it is to develop color because the temperature has to be precise and they're probably going to lean towards you spending the money to get your, your film developed. And if you can do that, that's great. But if you're on a budget and you want to still shoot film, I think kind of getting over the gatekeepers of photography and just doing it is really, really important. And also you could be proud of yourself. I, Because when I, you know, I I developed in high school and and I stopped. Um, I did a little in college. And then when I started back into film photography, I kind of had to talk myself into it. Like, I could do this. I've done this before. I mean, it's like riding a bike. I could do this. It's going to take a minute, but I'm not going to put too much pressure on myself. I'm just going to develop black and white and see how it goes. And that's what I did. And I messed up a lot, and I still mess up. Obviously, you know, if you've watched any or listened to any of the dev parties, you are very aware. I mean, I have <laughs> air bubbles to- <laughs> on my roll today, um, but they're mine. They're my mistakes, and it's kind of a little bit about my personality, honestly.
1: You full um, of air bubbles?
0: I kind of am full of air. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well. No, I agree. I totally agree. And, and if we are, well, if you, the listener, are new to photography or haven't started developing yet, and are really kind of considering it, and, you know, we're talking about these weird-ass developers, they're actually pretty easy to use, but still, we're talking about the weird-ass developers. It is actually pretty easy, even with the weird-ass developers. It's, developing film is, if you can pour one thing into another thing, you've pretty much gotten film developing down. So if you can do that, you can do film developing. And you have to read a thermometer, basically. (laughs) Let's send it back. Let's do that. And thank you, Eric and Vanya. The future is so bright. (laughs) I'm very glad you're both wearing shades.
0: (laughs) Oh, goodness. Oh, good.
1: Well, that kind of wraps us up. Uh, I, I mean... At this point we would normally give like a, a final um, report I guess on the developer mm-hmm. I've, I need to buy more is how much I've enjoyed this developer
0: yeah since that's getting great. it
1: like a month ago I'm I'm almost through my, my, my entire bottle All so right.
0: maybe you should be doing the um, what is it the eight shots per mixture instead of doing one shot
1: Oh no I have been. yeah what I've been doing is I've been mixing it up 1 plus 14 into uh, one liter and that is let's see here 71 milliliters plus 929 milliliters you know give or take a milliliter of water and that does six rolls of film you could probably get away with eight but this stuff is pretty cheap so don't don't uh penny penny what is it called pound penny wise pound foolish something like that i don't know (laughs) The rich is the enemy of the poor?
0: What? I do not know what you're talking about. I am so sorry.
1: No, it's okay.
0: (laughs) I'm just looking at my pretty negatives right now.
1: (laughs) Oh, me too. (laughs) Well, I guess we'll tune in next week for a full episode, and we're still working on the full episode as of this recording, but so far we have a a pretty interesting thing we're looking into, and that will be.
0: I still don't know.
1: Hey.
0: (laughs) Oh no no wait, hold on, hold on. Um, cabinet cards.
1: Yeah, the history of CDVs (laughs) and cabinet cards. It's kind of taking a little spin off of what we were talking about last week with Mm -hmm. David from Victorian Photography Studio in Gettysburg. You know, stick around for that and then the next dev party. I I think we're trying out a new developer. Mm, Mmm, FOMADON. FOMADON. Yeah. And we'll see if that happens.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, until sounds, then, though. Sounds like an 80s cartoon to me. Fomadon? <laughs> like <a>, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like a Voltron sort of rival.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: It, like, wants to be Robotech, but it's just not. There's <laughs> probably, like, some weird little lion that flies and makes squeaky noises. It's really irritating. And oh he my talks God. like this when he talks. <laughs> I have Fomadon.
0: <laughs> Sorry. Okay. We will work
1: on that. If anybody wants to, to pitch us some script ideas for Fomadon, please yes. let us know.
0: Absolutely. Until
1: then, thank you all so much for listening. We love you. And goodbye. Bye.